on DJ Nation, Kenny Kim here bringing you another Fantasy Golf Generates podcast this week for the Arnold Palmer Invitational. As usual, I am here with the GPP King, everybody's favorite Canadian, Tyler Tambley. Tyler, what is up, my friend? Kenny, what is up, my friend? We're back. Another good week. I love that course. Uh, we'll talk about it here in a minute. The ending, I couldn't say it enough about that 18th hole. I was so glad it came down with a close matchup between Cole and Kirk, got to see the playoff, all that. We'll go into it in a second. Before we get into it, I want to remind everyone very quickly, this show is brought to you and presented by prizepix.com. Head on over to prizepix.com. Use promo code MMN. Get yourself a 100% deposit bonus up to your first $100. Uh, nothing up there this week yet. I know last week, some of those lines, Kenny, that we talked about ended up being legit. So if you wanted to take Sungjae over SH Kim and anything like that, you could do it. But for those that don't know, it's a great site. Go check it out. There's going to be lots up this week. Once it gets rolling, you may be able to find a weather edge. We'll talk about the weather later. Obviously, something everybody is keeping an eye on this week. But, Kenny, back to you. Honda, baby. We, we've been there. We love the place. I love the course, personally. And I think I can't say it enough. The 18th hole is such a good closing hole. I know Jack Nicholas was on the broadcast. Who knows if he's just talking out of his ass. But he said, basically, you know, we got this set up. It's still going to kick off the Florida swing. But we got to get it set up so that more guys can show up here. And I think that's the truth. Like, it's if you had, imagine if that was Rory Rom or Zalatoris Kawa or something coming down, it was still a great story for their own right. That, that's what we like about these weeks. But from the, the outside viewers, like my dad's like, who's Eric Cole? Right? Like that type of thing. But there is a great story. We know the story. Go yeah. ahead. Talk to me. How, how was your well, week? You well, here's, here's what you get. I mean, yes, that happened last week. Yes, the Honda has been sort of cursed, but so is Bay Hill. Uh, the last few years, no one played Bay Hill. It was like in between the match play, a couple weeks before the Masters, uh, right after the players, like yeah. none of the big dogs played this event. Uh, and now that it is a elevated event, you know they're gonna play it. And I think what I think the rumors are already going around that for next year they're gonna rotate some of these spots. I mean that that just makes sense, you know. Uh, make the Honda. You know, Honda two years elevated and then another two years not or something like that. You know, so we can get people out there to play that course. It's Jack's fucking course. It's I, mean, I guess it's not his event. Everyone's going to go play the Memorial, right? right. Um, so I guess, you know, he has that event. So it's not like they're dissing Jack uh, by missing this. But, I mean, you know, after Arnold Palmer died, no one played this damn event. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And now we get the elevated field, and now people are playing. Personally, for me, it was a good watch, man. I mean, the stories down at the end w w was exciting. I mean, you have Chris Kirk. Everyone knows the, the battles and the demons that he's had to fight uh, with his alcoholism, being sober, getting sober, taking time away from golf uh, to better himself, to to become sober, uh, and finally getting his win six years later. This is his fifth tour win. This guy's not like a joke. Uh, the guy is a established, really, really good tour player, especially when he was young. Um, and now, you know, he's sort of got that little edge back. You've seen him play well. Uh, you sort of smelt a victory coming. He's been so close at least a couple of times in the last couple of years. It's really nice seeing him do it. And you got Eric Cole, who's a journeyman, almost as old as Chris Kirk. I mean, Kirk's, what, 37? Cole's, like, 35? You know, playing 10 years uh, pro on all these small – tours that you know don't pay shit he's played in the pga i think he has 70 tour starts 
if I'm not mistaken. Don't don't quote me on that number. But he's had a he's played on tour. He just can never finally get that win. And we sort of seen his trajectory in the last two months go up. So it really wasn't like shocking. I mean, I wasn't gonna bet him. But like you know, the guy's never won before, and you know it's tough betting someone like that, even though his number was like what 150, 201. Um, you know, but it was it was you know I had plenty of them DFS. Uh, I had plenty of Chris Kirk, so I actually shifted everything last week when I saw um all the the ownerships and Sungjae like thirty six percent, Lowry like twenty plus twenty five percent. I was like, you know, these guys aren't world beaters. What happens if I fade them? That's what I did. I ended up fading both of them. And again, it's something that happens uh, throughout the course of the week. You know, you see the ownership and your your voice has changed because, you know, uh, prior to that on Monday, I was probably going to play him. Uh, but I saw that ownership and I was like, let me play Kirk instead. And so it saved me for the week because, of course, I had another downfall. I had a, a Dietrich withdrawal from my cash lineup. And then even if that happened, I had Ryan Palmer who, you know, wasn't playing very well, but he played that course really well. And the reason why I sort of targeted him in cash, once because he makes a lot of cuts here, but it's because he's played so well on the bear trap. Like one of the best scores on the bear trap, like throughout his career, right? And so I think he was on the cut line or one above the cut line with like five holes to let left and just fucking shit the bed on the bear trap. Just went like five over. Just like Taylor Moore did the week before and fuck me. So I'm getting fucked by one golfer every week. It just ruins everything, ruins my cash lineup. Uh, definitely disappointing, uh, you know. But, I mean, at least GBPs with, like, 40% Kirk, I made my money back. I, I lost, like, 12 bucks. So, like, 5% uh, I lost of my GBP bankroll. So thank God because, you know, I didn't win in cash and could have been a disastrous week if I didn't make that switch and not play Kirk. Um you know, other guys that played well, I have no fucking clue. The other eight guys in the top ten, other than Lowry, I did not roster. I did not know many of them. Uh, I mean, did you have any uh, guys in, the, in that in in that other uh, inside the top ten, uh, other than the first two and Lowry? My namesake, Tyler Duncan, De- definitely uh, a great play last week. I wish I had paired him up with Cole. You kind of would almost fall into those lineups because you would just uh, land on all those dudes at the top. Lowry Kirk, the- yeah. The Lowry's, all those guys. But yeah, too much Sung Jay. For me, still a really good week, actually. I played um, chasing those qualifiers, ended up coming second in the big 2K one. So that covers, I played it the last two weeks trying to get in that way because it's got a nice little payout structure to it still. And so get a couple of the week's buy-ins back for that. Covered off some of the misses this week, a bunch of close calls, but overall solid week with that. Uh, Eric Cole, though, man, you talked about it, the, the Mayo special. He's been on him. All season, we've been making fun of him. The uh, what is it, like the Carolina Hurricanes hockey player? I think spells it with a K E R I K, but we make fun of it. People send out the pictures and stuff like that. But he's been all over. I think he had him at 175 or 200. I know he got a good each way payout on it, so he didn't even really need to hedge. That was solid. So good for him. Uh, my guy Snyder over at RPS, he had him as one of his, of his soldiers last week. Just a really good call on a guy that, man, like you said, what a journey for him just talking with journeyman. But the journey he's been on, his mom was there and uh, his wife, everyone just cheering him on down the stretch, and he knew it. Like Chris Kirk, talk about those demons. Different types of demons will come into play on 18 when that water's in front of you. And uh, obviously the guy's Kirk not thinking, going. Bro. He's not like going. Most, mm, yeah, I, I yeah but people are like going nuts. At like, why would he? Go? Like, I think he's trying to do what he did the day before when he just jammed it up against the wall and it just didn't work. And it ended up slicing out, get coming up short. It was almost remind me of, and not the same, but similar to, remember when Cam Smith won the players? 
And on 17, everyone was like, oh, Cam, balls, the stones. After the, he was honest after the event. He's like, that is not what I meant to do. He's like, I was going oh, for the yeah, lamp. Yeah, 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 yeah. I caught it up. He's like, that thing yeah. looked like the shot of the century. Just dropped it right in there to win the players, basically, the one hole. But that's what would have happened. Like, imagine if Kirk gets it. He was off by like this much. Imagine it landed. Yeah. People would have been uh, like, holy shit, the balls. Yeah. He's got an eagle. It was close. It was, it was close, so close. Yeah. It was so close. Uh, so, I, mean, I mean, like, that, that's a good story. But what was funny is, like, you saw, I don't know if you saw this, but most watching probably did. Like, Cole, the minute he clicked that little chip up on, the knees just popped down. Like, he knew yeah. too much. He sauce. knew he had too much. That, that confused me because, you know, he gained five strokes putting just on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Just on Sunday. He gained five putt, putt, uh, five strokes putting. Oh, I know. So leave it up there, cozy it up there. If you give yourself a fifteen foot putt, like you know, and not like a real putt, and he had, he was up against the the the, the fringe yeah. there. It was tough. He couldn't really putt it. I mean, me, I would have used like a sand wedge and bladed it. You know what I'm saying? Like, like it was like if he just cozy it up there, fifteen feet, just give him a chance at a good putt. You know, it what was I'm funny saying? too because you say that, and it's so funny that like. So there's that, but I think it was almost like with buddies where you, you know they'll make fun of you if you leave it short. It's like he knows he can't leave it too short, but he ended up in turn putting it too long. But the funny part to me was actually that in the playoff, um, in the in the playoff hole, like the reset basically, Chris Kirk goes into that tree, has to lay up, ends yeah. up throwing a dart, the play he should have done yeah. or hoped to do yeah. the yeah. play before. And with Cole, he it was almost like the ROM at the US Open bunker shot. Like you need to play it to the right and just hope you make your 15-footer. With the same thing he could have just done in regulation is just chip it up, and if it does come up 10 to 12 feet short, you were making 70-foot triple breakers. Like, you, you could like, have had a uh, shot to make this. They both did what they needed in the extra time, but it was too little too late, and that last putt just slipped out. I thought it was going in. It looked good it to looked me. It looked like it was in. The whole fucking way. I thought, oh, shit, yeah. we're going again. Uh, and, and it, Excellent I mean, event, I, though, for was, what it was. It was how it much was people talked about yeah. the field and all that. Just a great yeah. ending. It's it the course, though, man. I, I love that hole. Yeah, great ending, great course. If I was Kirk's caddy, I would be like, aim left of the bunker on 18 yeah. and then hit your shot. If you hit it in a bunker, okay, get it up and down, get it up and two putt. You probably still win. You know, remember the you day know before, though? He jammed it into the wall and yeah, it was yeah, under yeah, someone's like tour, clo- like a yeah, yeah, tour shot like, bag yeah, with yeah, their yeah. clothes in it and he gets a free drop and all. Like, why didn't you just do that? You just need to yeah. just jam it up there. But maybe he tried, like I said, and it just didn't work out. But either way, I think, again, the ending is so good here when you have a close battle. We had it last year. I know weather was involved, but with Lowry and Straka and all that situation, like there's always, when when you and I were there, uh, what was the, it, it was, um, you and I were there the year with Sungjae winning, but that was with Hughes a little bit there on his tail. Like Hughes had a chance. He was up on the rocks to go for it. If he put yeah, it up yeah, tight, yeah. maybe. Uh, and then other years, what was the year like with Fleetwood, uh, the burger situation the year before? Again, he had to go for it after blowing the five-shot lead. Just always, always a good ending to this tournament. I, I think it's one of the better spots next year. Like you said, hopefully we get the better field yeah. because to your point, the API, we're going to talk about this in a minute, but uh, you know, who haven't we like JT can't X Fina. This is just last year. I'm saying, uh, you know, Jordan speed, Tom Kim, some have played it before between those guys. We're just naming the names that didn't come here very often or don't. And now we get them all in one place due to the designated events. Hopefully uh, that's, they can that's this... something I want to talk about later yeah, on. You're bringing up a good point. We'll talk about this later on when we get to the courts, but like, what do you do with the guys who never played this event? There's a lot of guys. We're going to talk about that for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, it may, you know, it makes, it makes a pretty big difference. Um, you know, other stuff that happened this week, we had like a 300 to one winner on the women's tour, which is pretty insane. Uh, and then Chucky three sticks going out there and winning like 
five million dollars, whatever well, the fuck he can't talk about guys, that, yeah, whatever the live guys win, he wins like five million dollars. Uh, it's funny. Uh, one of the one of the guys who listens to the show, uh, let's just say he's a high executive in a company that I might be wearing right now. I uh, can't really say his name because <laughs> of that, uh, but he is a fan of this show. Um, he has hit Charles Howell the third twice in his four career victories. That's pretty fucking amazing for 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 chucking three sticks because especially when the first two weren't even like when gambling was around, uh, you know. So so shout out to him. Uh, uh, I guess we can call him Vernon Maxwell. His Twitter his Twitter handle. Um, nice guy. Uh, kudos to him. And I do want to go to another race here sometime soon. <laughs> so if you're listening, Vernon, hook, hook a brother up. Last time he hooked me up. I rode the fucking pace car at Richmond. I remember the pictures. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. So, so, so if we can get something like that again, burn and hook it up. Um, all right. So, uh, anything else for this week? Should we move on? L- Listener league, uh, before we go to the winner, I'll talk about it real quick, but it is up to a thousand. Everybody asked for it. We did it. We got it. We made it bigger. Last week it filled in 12 hours. This week we are up to. Get to the like right setting here. I'm not sure if you saw it before you came on, but I'm just trying to wade through everything. It's, 750 of a thousand as we speak. So what's that? Yeah. But we might fill it faster than last week because of yeah. the hype of filling it up and getting it to a thousand. A lot of people message me like, I got in this week. I won't miss out now. And they got the notifications turned on. I tweeted out every week at toe tag and Tambo. So you can add me there. But uh, yeah, to, to your point, it's going to fill again. So maybe we yeah. have to go higher. We might have to go. If you're, if you're listening, if you listen tonight, if you're listening to this podcast, Probably too late. <laughs> I mean, we're recording this at five thirty on a on a Monday. Probably going to be too late uh, if you actually listen to this podcast and try to get on. So, so hopefully next week you get in early. Okay, check my account, check Tambo's Twitter account, get in that. But the winner of last week's um, uh, it was a row, it was a run pure guy, huh? A little a RPS, a little little RPS guy uh, out there. Five hundred twenty-seven total points. His name was True Two Ten. <laughs> yeah, Chris Kirk, the winner. Uh, it was 18% on it. Solid. Min Wu, 24% on Wow. He was popular. Vegas, um, who went just fucking insane on Sunday for a little bit. Looked like he was about to shoot 659 at the Honda, which was <laughs> incredible. He was like seven under after like 12 holes. I was like, what course is he playing? Of course, he fell back a little to earth, but still pretty solid right there. Ben Griffin, who's just making every cut, uh, playing well. Uh, you're just a guy who's just consistently there every week. Uh, Adam Shekopotamus, uh, he was 5% owned, finished in 42nd. And Eric Cole, he had one and two, 6,900 nice, 11% owned. Solid work. Uh, I know he was the chalkiest guy in the 6K range, but, I mean, like, I don't know. He was just playing so well, it's hard to fade him. Usually it'll be a fade for me. Even I didn't fade him, uh, you know, at that range. And usually if I see the guy highest owned in 6K, I'm like, eh, unless he's in my cash game cornerstone i'm like eh not, probably not gonna play him uh what'd you think of the lineup yeah i loved i didn't remember him getting up that high though in the like the 20 or something like that do you remember what he was in the five dollar who cole uh, i think it was like seven percent but okay. i was still like Either i think i was still like not, i mean I, I just didn't yeah. remember double digits so seeing an 11 here is nice obviously you talked about it. rps member so great story about true shout out true 10 got him in the in the tournament of champions with us to be in the three man this week with us so congrats to him but he actually listened to the round two showdown show on the Mayo Media Network with myself and Snyder, and he ended up winning round two. He had to sit on the delay overnight, but he won it, the main $20 for $50,000. Oh, yeah. So he had, to, 
He won that 50K. He won this, which is nice 500 bucks. But I'm telling you, we talk about it all the time. It's damn hard to win this tournament. So congrats to him for that. He had some of the plays. Like I, I love Min Woo. I know Snyder was on Shank and Cole as two of his main guys in, in this uh, soldiers that he posts on Twitter. Our guys were on Ben Griffin, Vegas. And I know AP, Locks, Kurt, those guys were all on Kirk, Big T as well, I think. So looking at that lineup, he used a lot of the content over at RPS. We'll plug it more later, of course. But then on Sunday, Kenny, he's in the Discord and we're like, someone's tagging him again. Like, what's up? You're going to win 250K. I go to the main $20 tournament on DraftKings on Classic Slate with 250K up top. Shout out Kobe DuBose on Twitter. He ended up coming in second for 100K. Wow, but, nice. but true to 10, it sucked. I know he's not going to love this story, but he, because he, he fell, he fell to 7,500 bucks. He, he dropped down the board, but like already what a monumental weekend. Like these are, you know, 50 K score top 10 in that main $20. He wins this listener league, just a huge week for him. It's not like he's playing a ton of money. He hit me up on Twitter and everything like just an incredible week for true to 10. So the lineup's great. Yeah. The story's even better. Lots of good stories this week, uh, especially on the PGA tour. So re- really good. Week. I'm, I'm, I'm- I'm guessing the Vegas run really, really helped them. Like you need Sunday Warriors to win a GBP. I was in like 53rd place in the $5 with a lineup going into Sunday. Uh, 53rd. I mean, I was winning like, you know, 300, 400 bucks just on that one lineup, uh, which would have had me, you know, up for the, up for the whole, um, up for the whole week, even with my cash loss, that lineup finished like 2,870th. You need the dudes. Though. Like, I mean, need- come on, man. Give me a fucking break. Like, yeah. How many times am I going to be in the top 100 of a fucking GPP going into Sunday and have my team just epically collapse? Like, it should happen. Yes, it happens. It shouldn't happen every motherfucking time. It has to have been about half a dozen or more times in the last year. Has to be <laughs> uh, in, in the last year. How many, just, how many lineups are you playing in it? 50. That's it. I'm only playing 50. And how many guys are you using in your player pool? This week, last week, I only used 30. I used between 30 and 38, depending on the weeks. Last yeah, week, I'm not just... the guy to talk to about this in the sense of, like, I use a lot. I don't care. Yeah. I play my own way. I've talked about it plenty of times. But I will say, going back to Kobe for a second there, who came second, I looked up the, the numbers on it today. He used 18 guys in his lineups. He faded Sung Jay. He faded a bunch How of How many lineups players. did he make? I believe, oh, I believe he? Max. I, I didn't see the oh, exact shit. number. But I'm saying he, he had, like, a bunch in the top 10, in the top 30, whatever. And that's what I'm saying. When you got all these outs, because you do, again, you got to be willing to take on that risk and hit it right. But that's where the storyline comes in. If, if you can do that, then you, you you only have so many guys in your pool that you can't have to worry about, well, if this guy does this or this, it's if all these dudes that you play do well, or at least a combo of them, you got yourself a chance to get to the top. And like, even our guy True here, he got the Vegas run on Sunday, but then look at the other guys, you know, um, Griffin, only one under 69. Shank, 72, two over. But when you have a run like Vegas does and you get another like the guy in the winner in Kirk and the guy in second, and the in second. Goal, yeah. it just yeah. all comes together. And that, that's actually what happened to me in the qualifier. Everyone's like, who hurt you? It's like, actually, it sucks. The guy in front of me had a five or six, higher stakes, single entry, et cetera. But he had frigging Kirk and Cole. So it's like, no matter what was happening all day, this just guy was holding on to those placement points. I would have needed those to go away. But all shout outs to these winners. Just an incredible week all around. A lot of people around the space. Had some good weeks. Obviously, others have bad weeks. It's the way it goes. But we're back. Hopefully, we can help you this week with the API. Yeah, let's get to the API for this week. Let's talk about the course a little bit. The PGA Tour heads to Orlando, Florida this week for the Arnold Palmer Invitational from Bay Hill Club and Lodge. Uh, the field, a bit smaller. Around 120 golfers are taking it up. It's still top 65 in ties. Will be your cut. Um, in the past, the field had grown weaker after Arnie's death. 
Uh, but since this is now an elevated event, the, the strength of field, pretty sick. Uh, you can't beat it. Um, unless the live guys played. Uh, one content that people are going to hate on me for that comment. Uh, one to one consequence of the field being so weak in the past is that you have a lot of top tier golfers who have never played the event before, uh, or I've only played it once or twice. Let's go ahead and stop here. Let's talk about that, Tambo. What are you doing? Because a lot of these guys in the upper tier, you know, especially if they're younger uh, and, and it came in after Arnold Palmer died, they they really never played this event that much. Is that affecting the way you go about making your lineups this week? Maybe this is why I want to talk about it, because maybe indirectly. What I mean by that is this is what everybody's saying. Everyone's saying this about these guys, like, oh, these guys never played it. They don't have the history here. It's it's in the past, it's been a course history course. It has definitely. It's up there. Look at Rory. Look at some of these other guys, even Fitzpatrick, uh, Fleetwood, Hatton, some of those guys, Kirk, who we just talked about, just one. Like all these guys do have good history here. I'm not discounting them because of that. I'm just saying it, it seems odd. And again, a guy like Rom, is he gonna go lower owned than he should? Probably not. It's Rom, and he's playing incredible golf right now. But some of these guys, Kenny, you gotta think, are gonna get overlooked. And when people make their tiebreaker decisions. They're just going to write someone off. But like, let's use a different example because I know it's a designated event. The field's so strong. All this people, you could have said that about Tom Kim at a bunch of courses, and he go, he goes out and sees them for the first time and wins the talent. Willie Z, Willie Z, Willie Z. Willie Z. When he first Same started, Cameron play. Young was going out and doing it at these plays. All the talent is just so much better these days that to mm-hmm. me, I'm still going to focus on it. Like any given week, focus on the recent form, the talent, the stats, the stuff that I know and love, and that usually helps me and, and has success with. So I have had success with, so I think that's where I'm going to look at it a little bit different and why I say it maybe indirectly. I'm not going to go, oh, well, you know what? This guy never really played this course, so I'm off him. Look look at uh, Scotty Scheffler. He saw it one time. What is it? The one time, and not even the year before. It was two years before that. He came 15th, comes back out, wins it. Like any, these are, you're talking about the top names that the, the people that people are talking about, even though JT yeah. played it way back, but Rom, JT, can't lay. Okay, X. JT's interesting this week, bro. JT's interesting. I think all I'm these hoping... guys are, and that's why I'm saying, like, it, it's mm-hmm. it's indirect, but it's I'm right. not playing them because others aren't necessarily. I'm just I'm playing who I would normally play, and that's just the way it shakes out. I really don't care as much about did they see the course a bunch in the past because I think that's what everyone's going to go off of. For me, for cash, yes, I'm taking it into account. I'm not playing anyone who hasn't played the course before. I'm not playing anyone who has played the course once before. But when you see when you hear my cash game cornerstones you're not going to be disappointed. These are like elite fucking guys. You know what I'm saying? Uh, so I just went in that direction. GPPs, I'm not paying attention to it at all. Uh, I, you know, if the guy's playing well, if his form is good, if his stats line up to what I'm looking for, I'm going to play him. Um, and so that, that that's what it goes down to me. And I think there's going to be some gaps in ownership. You know, I, I'm hoping, I'm hoping. We'll see. Because last time we were in an elevated event like this, everything was so spaced out. Everyone had a certain collection. Everyone was like 12 to 18%, except for yeah. like a few guys. You know, so trying to find that low owned stuff might be a little bit easier in the 8K range. Well, I will just I, say, not to cut, cut you before you go into it, but just to that point that you just brought up, it isn't, that's another interesting point. Because at the other designated events, and always, Kenny, when we have the softer pricing with the strong fields, you get like this week is a prime example. Rory 25%-ish because it's Rory and his history and all that. But then the other guys will fall in line and there's a big, a jumbled up number from 15 to 22%. I'm just a lot of guys. And that's where it's like, who cares as much as it, what matters then is picking the right guys and getting your pool correct and making yeah. some of those decisions. In like and not worrying week, about ownership. Right? Yeah. Like, a, but like I mean, Herman but... that week or, or Patrick Rogers at the Genesis. Like you can't have those landmines in your lineups, but I wonder if to your original question where people are saying, all right, I got to stick with the course history here. Let's leave these other guys out. Do we get a week 
where some of these guys like the other guys are, are in the eight to 12 or the 10 to 13% and not in that or 14 and not in the 15 to 22 type bucket using ranges, but just saying it, it could be different where you find some level of opportunity this week versus the past. We haven't really seen it. I mean, I think if you see anyone projected single digit ownership above 8,600, you probably got to play him just because that, that's going to give you the leverage right there. And if that guy goes off, you know, if he's going to be 8% owned and you have 24 and you're 3%, you're not, you're triple the field and you're not going to kill yourself if he fucks up. Uh, you know what I'm saying? So, uh, I mean, and these things, these guys are the elite guys. So you sort of want to, you know, have as much of them as you, as you, as you can, because it's going to be one of these guys that's going to win uh, up top. I mean, that's just the way, if you look at the way the odds have gone, it's been a favorite heavy course for the last five, six years uh, or something like that. You, you got the big dogs coming in here and winning this event. All right, but let's keep going for this course. Uh, now, Euros, they've tended to dominate uh, the winner's circle here. Is only Amer- the only Americans to win this event uh, since 2006 are Tiger, Bryson, Scheffler, and of course, Matt Every. Uh, <laughs> this could be due to scheduling, you know. Of course, the event usually played the week before the match play, and only three weeks before the Masters. So it makes sense for a lot of top Americans to go ahead and skip this event. Uh, now that all the big guys are here, you know, if this is the way it's going to be year in and year out, elevated, elevated event, you're going to see more of the top Americans on top of this board year in and year out, as long as it's an elevated event. But I mean, it makes sense that Euros play well here, especially with the wind, the tough conditions. I mean, it could get crazy out there this week. We'll talk about that in a minute. Oh, actually, we'll talk about that right now. The weather, extremely important part of how the course plays. Uh, you know, we see winning scores from like minus four to minus 18 uh, in the last few years. So the most of that is due to the strength or lack of strength of the wind and how firm the course plays. If it's like no wind and there's been rain and it's soft, you're going to get that minus 18. But that's rare. And, you know, for this week, it hasn't rained in a while. It's not going to rain this week. Uh, so it should play fast and firm as just how they like it. And then you're looking at 45 mile per hour wind gusts possibly on Friday. 20 mile per hour gusts every other day. But Friday could be insane. Definitely pay attention uh, to wave stacks, that latest weather report. I would wait until the latest possible moment to go ahead and make these lineups just because that could be a big deal. Or if you don't want to wait, or if you, if you see something early, play that edge, but also make sure you cover yourself, play the other side too. You, me and Tambo have talked about that before when it comes to wave stacks. Uh, you know, you want to go, you want to go 30% all AM, PM, fine. But then, you know, just in case, throw in like that 10% PM, AM, because you never know. Uh, shit can change. Delays can happen. 45 mile per hour winds with 12 and a half stip meter rating greens. You might have to stop playing. Um, you know what I'm saying? Uh, we'll have to see. Uh, so, uh, you know, so always cover yourself if you're going to be doing those wave stacks. Now, um, uh, in two of the last eight years, uh, the course has played easier uh, because in 2015, there were problems with the green. So they rolled very slow, weren't as firm as usual. Uh, and it was like a worm infestation. Uh, they redid all of them in 2016. Uh, and then it was actually pretty easy that year, too, because these typical Bermuda greens, you know, they were a lot smoother back then. I don't think you're going to see them a little bit more bumpy. They're not going to be like that overseeding stuff that we've seen Bermuda-wise where it's so crisp and like, like uh, Phoenix. You know, uh, it's going to be a little bit tougher to put on on these greens. Uh, you know, the course 
showed his teeth more 2017 strong wins, no rain. Uh, five years ago, uh, the course was difficult, 15th hardest on tour. Three years ago, um, you know, it was ninth most difficult, 2020. Uh, conditions are brutal. Uh, you know, hat one with minus four. Uh, barely anyone else broke par uh, that year. Um, you know, last year, the course was top six most difficult on tour. You know, weather and wind can cause havoc in Bay Hill. Uh, but there's also been some subtle changes uh, to the course, you know, a couple of years ago, which could be a reason why Bay has been so tough also from like 2018 to 2022. Uh, the main difference is they trim the rough around the hazards. So golfers no longer have thick rough as a backstop to stop balls from going into water and bunkers. Uh, you know, this, this uh, that could, you know, a penalty shot or two right there uh, on its own. Also, the new course superintendent, which started in 2019, uh, he has no problems setting this course up tough. No problems at all. And we've seen it uh, since then. So uh, expect difficult conditions this week. Now, let's get to the main meat of the course. Bale, 7,450-yard par 72, four par threes, four par fives. Good mixture of holes where bombing it off the tee will be an advantage and sometimes placing it in the right spot with a three-wood or a hybrid will be the right play. Uh, now, throughout um, throughout the years, it has played as a less-than-driver course, but the par fives are reachable in two by most if the course is firm and the length off the tee will be helpful for those new hole, for those holes. Now, I would note that since the new course superintendent took over, you see a lot more bombers on the first page of the leaderboard, but it's spread out still with great iron players and short game specialists. You've just seen more bombers that have been able to take advantage of this course, but still, I think, you know, you need to have two or three things if you're going to be an upper echelon player in this field. If you're looking at like 8,000 and above, you need two or two of three things. You need good iron play, good uh, long off the tee, or a uh, good short iron play. And the iron play, specifically over 200 plus yards. If your guys can have two of those three, you're pretty solid. Now, when you get down to the 7 and 6, 6K range, maybe you just look for guys with one of those three. Uh, you know, they got to have something. Uh, one of those three has to pop, I think, for cheap guys to be able to really have contention uh, on this course. Of course, there's outliers all the time, but that's just the way I would go uh, about it. Now, in four of the last seven years, the winner has shot double digits under par on the par fives. So the scoring must come from these holes. And that's like, you know, you could you could be like 1,100 par fives and win at like minus eight. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's how important the par fives are on this hole. Uh, you know, uh, now also, we've seen uh, recently, like I said, we've seen more golfers who attempt to bomb their way throughout the course. This worked for like Bryson and Rory. The younger guys are way more aggressive off the tee as well than golfers in the past. So don't be surprised if you see more driver than you're used to. Like five, six years ago, this was when I was writing up this writing up this event, I was like, less than drive, of course. Less than drive, of course. Less than drive, of course. You don't have to worry about off the tee as long as, you, you know, you got to worry about off the tee now. It's different. It's a different game. It's a different animal. Uh, things change. Uh, now, off the tee, uh, you know, of the golfers that saw, you know, off the tee, golfers are going to see wide tree-lined fairways with strategically placed bunkers on almost every tee shot, water and play on nearly half the holes. The fairways actually get wider the farther from the tee box the drive goes, but the course has still been around bottom 20 in driving distance on tour. I would expect that that number is going to change as the years go on. Um, 
mostly because the superintendent has decided to make the landing areas from 300 to 325 yards uh, you know, from, from the tee much wider than the pass. Like the average width of the fairway uh, at 275 yards from the tee is 32 yards. The average width of the fairway at 325 yards from the tee is almost 40 yards wide. Um, definitely. It seems like it's it's keeping catered more for bombers. Um, now, there's many dog legs, water, thick rough. Uh, it's going to make golfers focus more on accuracy than distance. You would think, but we've seen the likes of Bryson and other golfers go out there and bomb and gouge courses like this, and I think that's just the new style uh, that we're going to see um, you know, on these types of courses. Now, even though, even though the fairways are above average in width, there are many slopes and undulations, so sometimes a good-looking drive off the tee can still find a thick rough. On approach shots, golfers will see firm Bermuda grass greens that are elevated on some holes, surrounded by bunkers and thick rough, are average in size with a lot of speed, 12.5 on the stip, and have many slopes and runoff areas. Water's going to come into play on wayward approach shots, and if the wind does pick up, watch out for plenty of drives uh, and approaches in the drink. Tampa, what are you looking for this week? A lot of what you talked about, you know, you you mentioned the stuff earlier. We already went through strategy wise with all the stuff with the, you know, guys that Pete haven't played here before all of those things, but in stats wise, you know, T to green, really it's funny. It's kind of a lot of the same stuff as last week. You add some power five stuff. It definitely plays harder, but we bring better players in. So it's one of those things that the cut line is going to be high. It's going to be tough. You talked about the wind. We'll have to keep an eye on that. We are. The reason I was chuckling earlier while you were trying to talk through it was we were about one week away from the one year anniversary of the worst weather edge take partly by me, of all time at the players when we went with one side. But what it taught us was what we said earlier, you mentioned it, Kenny, is nobody really stacked either. Like it was 7% total of the field stacked any side and 6% of the overall 100% was on the wrong side. And the 1% that did the other side ended up okay. So uh, that's where all the winners came from that week. So we'll have to keep an eye on that. But like you said for this week, uh, the wind, the ball rolling off, the stuff that actually stops play you could think you're on the right side based on what Windfinder says, and then it ends up being something different because it gets pushed and the delays and all those. So I just would definitely keep what you said in mind there. Other than that, similar to what we always talk about, we're going to go into it here, but it's really hard to separate these guys that we have now that we have such a strong field. So uh, really, you just got to pick your spots. I think the ownership will be pretty dispersed, and it will just come down to making sure you know you're playing the guys you want. And if you see a big ownership gap, to me, Kenny, it's more at like the 7K range. When we get there, when we talk about it, if there's a 6K guy that's getting extremely popular last week, Hayden Buckley, the week before, Patrick Rogers. And I fell for the Rogers one, did not fall for the Buckley one. So, I, you know, that was the one that I didn't go too hard on because I said, oh, it's not who you play, it's how you play them. I'll use them in some the right way with different guys. But, you know, that's the opposite effect. I, you can't do that if you have that feeling about those guys. So avoided playing a lot of Hayden Buckley last week. And that'd be something to look out for. I bet him. So I felt good about that, but here just look at it for this week. We'll talk about it when we go through the ranges. Let's go to these tiers. Let's start off in the 10 K range. Only got three guys uh, up here. First question to Tambo is the price difference of $600 and Rom being 11, five going to curb his ownership at all, especially with the previous year's winner being the guy next to him. Yeah, and then you got Rory. I think definitely Rom is kept in check, especially in at least in higher stakes. I would assume this goes back to, I believe it was Genesis. Yeah, it was Genesis when in high stakes and in, in the big mega, the forty four forty four, John Rom was thirteen percent owned. So tells you something right there when you're looking at it. I think that's going to be the case here. Think about it. We're about to talk about Rory, his history. What is it? Thirteenth, tenth, fifth, sixth. The win, fourth, twenty seventh, eleven. Just dominates this course, and stats all look pretty good. You pull any model 
Go to Fantasy National, pull the last. You can see what people are going to look at here. First in par fives over the last 50. First in DK scoring. First in birdies are better. First in greens and regulations game. No one's going to care so much about what they saw these last few weeks or the eye test or anything like that. Scheffler won it last year. The, the, the move that people are going to do is going to say, okay, if I don't play Rory, maybe I play Scheffler. It's still going to leave Rob. People are still playing Rob. He's one of the best in the world right now, winning at an elite clip. It's hard to avoid it up here, but that's what I'm saying. It's more for me of like just picking who you like and 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 then factoring in the Rory factor that I would just assume, Kenny, that in something like the $20, Rory's just the highest owned, unless there's a value play that gets pumped up, like $8,900 Sungjae if people go back to the well, or we'll, we'll talk about that after. But just in general, I think Rory's the top owned of these studs, no question. I think it's 25%-ish, 24, 27, I don't care. I'm saying that's where you can just make the decision. If you think Rom is going to be 14 and you like Rom anyway, then what, then just do it. But yeah. up here, I don't have any real strong conviction. I'm not avoiding Rom just because he only played it once here last year and came 17th. I just don't see any reason to do that. Yeah, I mean, Rory is my first Cascade cornerstone. It just makes sense. Like everything I've said yeah. in the preview, the, the guy uh, is solid. I mean, like top 15 around the green, uh, you know, his iron plays top five. Uh, lengthy off the tee, and his course history backs that up uh, here. And at 10-6, you can still afford it. Now, I think because the not the 6K range is pretty strong. There's, a, there's like a good amount of plays there. Uh, I think there's no problem going ROM up top. Um, and I like I want to play Scotty, but I can't play, really play both because the 9K is so loaded too uh, that I could just stick with Rory as my cash, you know, have play 20% of Rory in GBPs, and he'll be – 63% of my total bankroll. Uh you just on that one player. Still, uh you know, even with 20% GBPs and that's that's uh, even how I'll go. I'm leaning towards Rom. It's not a hard lean. Um yeah, and so I'm going to go with him unless I see something different when it comes to ownership uh between those two on Wednesday. Like if one person's playing like uh, the 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 wrong side of the weather draw. Okay? It might still even be worth to still play him. You know what I'm saying? That's where you might be able to get your leverage. Uh, if someone is AMPM and the AMPM has the worst draw, it's not like these guys don't know how to play in those type of conditions. And it's only for one day. You know what I'm saying? The other three days they can crush and still win this event. Uh, yeah, so the other, the other weather event last year was the PGA Championship and Justin Thomas won from the bad side. So yeah, these guys, yeah, exactly. if you're doing it with a stud, you, you can get away with it no matter what. Like run a, what I would call, it's almost like NFL showdown, but you run a 5-1. Run five guys on the side that you prefer and then run your one from the other side as one of the studs that can obviously battle through anything and find their way through. They're good enough. So uh, I don't hate that either. Yeah. Nine K range, second cash game cornerstone is going to be Willie Z not difficult plays well on tough courses, pretty automatic pick for me at $9,700. Uh, we know he's, it seems like he's healthy. I'm not worried about that from what people have told me about his coach and his swing, the swing changes are there just so he doesn't fuck up his back anymore. Uh, you know what I'm saying? That's why he changed his swing. It's not too, no, it's not because his back is hurt. It's because he does not want to hurt his back anymore. Uh, and so from what it looked like the last time I saw him out, he's fine. I got no problem with him. I'm playing Willie Z. A couple of good finishes here. No problem. Second cash game cornerstone. The interesting place I think is going to be that top range, Homa and JT. If someone's going to be squeezed, it's going to be one of those two. That's what would be my guess in the 9K range. If someone's going to be squeezed, it's going to be someone, uh, one of those two, and whoever it is, I'm playing the fuck out of them. I'm leaning JT right now, uh, but we'll see. If Homer gets, you know, passed up, it's, he has good course history here. He's playing out of his fucking mind 
one of the best top five best players in the world at this point in time right now. Um, you know, I got no problem playing either. I'm only going to play one and I'm going to see what it comes down to unless both are, unless both are, you know, low owned, then I'll go and pay, but I don't think it's going to happen. I think if one person is going to be squeezed, it's going to be somebody in, in that, in that, in that Homa or JT range. Um, other guys down here, I mean, shit, I, it's hard to like not want to play any of these guys. The one guy that comes up to the mind, I'll go one is going to be Xander. Um, uh, it seems like this is a, a nice, difficult track. He tends to play well on difficult tracks. Of course, his iron play, exceptionally strong. Long iron play, one of the best in the field. Uh, so I like Xander a lot here, too. What about you? Yeah, th- this is the interesting part. I think it, it's tough to say JT and Homa because when you go, it, it is actually more money. Like, it's 900 bucks to go up from Homa. It's 1000 to go up from JT to Rory. So it's not just the small number that we're used to. That's that's where I noticed the bigger gap. Not so much the 600 with Rom up top, but as much as that 900 from a guy like Homer, call it a thousand from JT, but Homer actually has seen the course pretty good. Like last couple of times, 17th, 10th, 24th, he's coming in on a second, first, third, and a 39th. People are going to see all that. There is the, you know, the battle back and forth on, you know, different shows. I think Pat was on with Joe preferred lines. He talked, they, they had the battle a couple of weeks ago, talking about Homa versus JT fun back and forth. Just, and it made a lot of sense. It was talking about who would you rather pick? And at the time, it was tough not to say JT. And then of course, when the odds shifted the week later at the, uh, the Genesis or whatever, it was like 10 more points to Homa and Homa almost won that thing. So it just goes to show like, it's just a tough setup here. I think it is JT that ends up getting squeezed. So, so that makes him at least somewhat, somewhat interesting. Kawa and Zal Torres just seem to set up perfectly stats wise. The course, they find the fairway, find the green, don't need to make a lot during them. And when they're missing putts, it's like I always used to talk about with Hideki, who's another guy we'll talk about when we get down to that 8K range and big number to bet this week too, by the way, but just going through it where Kenny, we used to say this about Hideki all the time. He's missing birdie putts. He's missing eagle putts. He's making pars. Guess what? These are on courses where par is a very good score where the cut line might be plus three, plus four. Like you have no idea what this is going to be. So when it comes to guys like Kawa and Zal Torres, you talked about Zal. We were a little worried about his swing, you brought up all the stuff there now and, and why it's fine. He came through, he battled through. As coach said, they wanted to get him ready for Augusta. He looks already ready right now. Uh, what was it, a fourth place, I think? I'll just check it here. Fourth, last time out. So, uh, you know, everything to me looks okay there. I bet him for this week. I only have three bets this week, and he's one of them. I got him at 28. I know some got him at 30. Uh, dropped down quite a bit from that in some places. So I think that's at least a little bit interesting. And then it goes to that range, Kenny. Finau, Cantlay, and X where these are all top talents, all pretty much better golfers than they ever were if they had have shown up here in the past or before. Maybe that, you know, Cantlay with the year he won the FedEx Cup. But I'm just saying in general, looking at it, all these guys, Cantlay, no real history. Uh, Shoffley, 24, three years ago. Finau, miscut way back three years ago and before that hasn't played it forever. So this is where I wonder, what does the ownership end up looking like here? I, I'm definitely fine with all of these guys. And the other thing is too, Kenny, I think there's two things you should do this week. One, Build some lineups just in this range because a lot of the conversation is going to be what you and I just had up at the top. Rom is the hottest golfer in the world, winning three. Rory's pretty much just behind him. And on top of that, has the best history here. Scotty just won and won here last year. Like if everyone's having that conversation, you can build with just 9K guys and move off the top. Even though, like you said, when we get to it later, there is 6K guys that we're going to discuss here. Secondly, though, I think it's also interesting just to skip this range altogether for the alter alternate side of everything I just said who can like if we're battling about Homa and JT to get squeezed you're really saying you're playing like Homa's been the better player recently so he would be the argument I would make for that 
And then for the other 9K guys, Kawazal, Finau, Shoffley, Cantley, how many times have we seen this story? And by the way, Hovland's getting squeezed too, I think, because we didn't mention him at all. But how many times have we seen this story where there's like one or two of those guys that come through, but there's still lineups that used 8K guys and 7K guys that did better with the winner being Aram, Scheffler, or Rory, and you just don't need the 9K guy that everyone had FOMO and had to play. So I'll definitely build some lineups where I start here and I'll build some lineups fading this range. Really only two ways for me to go about it. All right, 8K range. The most interesting play and the question I got for you, Tambo, is Fitzpatrick. Uh, the guy has the incredible course history here, right? But, you know, in his last 50 rounds or so, you know, he hasn't been the best, and especially in his last 12 rounds or so, has not been very good. A lot of that is due to injury. Now, if he's really injured, would he keep playing every week? You got to think that he's okay, right? Like, why would he risk all of this with the players and Augusta coming up, you know, especially on a course where I don't know what it is. It's like a neck injury or something. Yeah, he said or, it's neck. Uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, like, I, well, the only reason why I would risk it is if I was healthy, right? I mean, like, that's the only way I could think about him playing this event uh, and, and, and not missing events leading up to the players and leading up to the Masters. So do we play Matt Fitzpatrick this week? I think he's going to be played still. I don't think people are going to avoid so much because the injury, when you look at the history, it's all top tens. Last four, yeah. at least, right? Even before that, it was good. But those four, especially, I think at the price, everything looks good. He pops a little bit in the stats models that people bring up. You're going to see Sungjae and Fitzpatrick. So the only, you know, I'm not to flip the question on you. I, I think people are playing Fitzpatrick. So again, your discretion, what you do, I'm never afraid of the, you know, beware of the injured golfer. What was, uh, you know, or the sick golfer it was with Billy Horschel and then comes out and fires around. Anything can happen any given round or any given week. So it's not about the the setup there, but just going through it, Sungjae, people have to go back to, right? Like it's not three years ago where the guy screwed you at 40% ownership and then everyone hops off. He's 8,900. I'm assuming everybody just hops right back on Sungjae and decides that this is an even better setup for him. So why not go here? Plus he's got pretty good history here as well. Yeah. Well, Sungjae is my third cash game cornerstone. So I'll tell you something right there. Rory, Zalatoris, Sungjae, chalk all right so that, that's the way it's gonna be i mean say something just makes sense he makes a lot of cuts the stats are all there he's korean uh what else do you fucking want uh you know what i'm saying so we're good to go uh so so i'm going sungjay as my third cash game cornerstone the guy i really want to play who i think will be single digit owned once again is jordan speed um like i said a couple of weeks ago before he played speed is a streaky golfer now when it comes to streaks it could have been like first miscut or third miscut first. We've seen that a lot from him. I'm not saying it's like a week by week thing, but it's like a recent time thing. And if you look prior to his past event, the dude was fucking ham ball striking. I think he could still do that. Uh, so give me Jordan Spieth at 9% owned. Uh, I'll have plenty of them this week. I got him at 35 to one. I think maybe 45 to one. I'll have to double check and look. Um, but yeah, I, I, so give me the same thing applies with, you know, his best friend, uh, Justin Thomas, and the streaky, streaky golfers. That's why I was so big on them the last time both of them were out because the week before they were so good with their approaches and their irons and their ball striking. Again, you know, one week of a uh, little disappointment in between, that'll happen. I'm going to keep this in saying that, you know, this might be part of their streak. We'll see how it goes. But I really like Spieth uh, down here a little bit lower. Uh, if you're going down to it, Hideki at $8,200. 
you know, 60 to one is the number I got. Well, you know, around the green, you know, he's nice. You know, uh, he's has that blend of, you know, decent length and um, accuracy off the tee. And he's, and his iron play is exceptional. And the thing is when it comes to distance off the tee, you have to be careful um, what considers a bomber because the, the tour average for driving distance right now is 300 yards. That's the average is 300. That's pretty long. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's pretty long and that's average. So if you're like 85th in driving distance for the season, you're averaging 300 yards off the team. So just be careful when it comes to that, when you look at driving distance and you quote unquote bombers. Now, um, yeah, him down there, I, I Hatton, Hatton again, might be too popular. I mean, I, I don't know. I like Hatton a lot too. So like those are the three guys that I would, I would look at in GPPs, uh, but I mean, there's a lot of guys here, and I think it, that's why if I only play 20% Rory and I play, you know, one of the guys, Rom or uh, Scheffler, uh, at like you know 30, 35%, hopefully, you know, maybe even 40%, uh, I could still, you know, start a lot of lineups in the 9K range and then add a lot of these 8K guys that I like. Uh, what do you like in the range? Yeah, the, the interesting part is that the like the way it rates out and everything, and I see it even in the numbers, the stats, the betting markets, all that. The 9K range definitely looks better than the 8K range. It's just then you have to consider certain things and factors, and we'll wait on the weather and the waves and stuff. But Kenny, like a couple things. Could you not see a leaderboard with Rom, Fitzpatrick, Spieth, Cameron Young, Tom Kim? Like that would not surprise me if that was the leaderboard on Sunday. That includes no 9K guys, even though there's Homa, JT, Kawa, Zal, all those dudes that we mentioned, it's just a, it's a real possibility. So I think that's what I was talking earlier. If you want to go like who you pick at the top with three 8K guys and two 7Ks or two 8K guys, two sevens and a six, like you can always round it out that way and get away with it. Of course, then you can start comparing what the lineups look like. But for me, the main guy here, and I bet him too, and I just tweeted it out. It's a narrative. It's a joke. But in reality, I actually just like his play. The putter has been off for him quite a bit, but I said, happy Cameron Young week. This guy you know, got the one, the, the Arnold Palmer award for rookie of the year, went to Wake Forest, like his boy, Willie Z, two, two Wake Forest alumni. I've actually bet both of them. Those are two of my three bets. So get to those later. But just in general, everything with them, uh, I was, I was tweeting this out, but it's crazy. He even signs his name like Arnold Palmer, just so much respect for the guy. He said, one of the things about Arnold Palmer is he always signed his stuff for everybody, but he signed it. So they knew who it was. He makes it really clear in his signature. Yeah. It's not some BS yeah. that, who even signed that or who, who's that flag signed by? He signs his name the same way. That's not why he's winning it. I'm actually talking about his gameplay. You go back and look at it. Like I said, just with Cameron Young, 13th here, first time out last year. He's coming in off a 20th, a second, 26th, 13th. He's been right there. There's a 64th in the mix, but still, it's been mostly the putter. If you've watched it, if you shot track, like I know you do out there listening to this, how many times Cam Young to four feet and missed it? Is he going to fix it this week? I don't know. But it can, what can you ask for when we're playing DFS golf? of having a guy that can get it in there. He plays tougher tracks better. We talk about a U.S. Open-style setup. This is a guy that we could definitely see in the mix at U.S. Open. So I, I got no problem going to Cam Young this week. I think he's a great little play there. I hope. I don't know if this will come true because I'm sure people still play Cameron Young, but with Sungjae and with Fitzpatrick. And we didn't even talk a lot about Jason Day. Jason Day is just playing incredible golf right now. And then you go back, you know, not the best history, but former recently, but former winner at this course. And then you look ninth, fifth, seventh, 18th, like coming in. If you want to see some ownership here on guys like Jason day and Fitzpatrick and him, how many can really get to a Cameron young. So I like him. I also like Tom Kim. 
I talked about him, just mentioned earlier, you know, I was, when he kept getting up to the nine K's and all this stuff, now that he's back down to almost your average price, I don't think he's your average golfer. It will not surprise me if he goes out and top fives this thing or who knows, like it's Tom Kim, he could win the thing. Maybe not this one. I don't think it's as good as a setup as the other ones. Personally, that's my opinion, but I will play him in DFS at pretty much the average price tag. So I like that. He's also squeezed between Day and Hatton and then Sam Burns at 8,100, even Kashmir Keith at 8k those two at the bottom like i this is where i think i can differentiate because i like mitchell maybe some of them are going to get ownership mitchell burns kim and then uh, cam young are some of the main guys that stand out for me here in this range and i think i could see all those guys being near the top of the leaderboard at the end of the week we'll see how the week pans out but first look those are definitely some of the thoughts that come to mind yeah 7k range just up top you gotta think the two euros are going to be the chalk, right? Sugar Shane Lowry and uh, Tommy Fleetcon. Uh, you know, the, the, those guys are probably going to be the chalk uh, when it comes down to it. So if you're looking for people uh, other than that, I could go back to Chris Kirk. You know, a good comp course for this is PGA National, uh, you know, and it's not like Kirk is going out there and parting his ass off after a, 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 after winning because, you know, what he's been through. He's not out there at the bars like I'd be for the next four days of strippers and shit. He's not doing that. So he, he'll be ready to play this event. Um, I mean, the guy's playing well. Uh, a lot of the times people don't go back to people, especially of Chris Kirk's ilk after he wins. That could be the play uh, yeah. right there. So so so, so give, me, give me some Chris Kirk. Uh, give me, uh, give me the, the I mean, I'm, I'm a chalk guy. We'll see how chalky they really are, but Lowry's playing better golf and he plays this course. Well, good to the win. Uh, Fleetwood's made a bunch of cuts here. He's playing every fucking year you could think of. Um, if I could afford him as my cash game cornerstone um, at that price, I would hint hint because I have about $14,700 left in my lineups uh, after my, my final cash game cornerstone, just a hint. Who, who uh, did you hint one. at? Who did you hint at? Tommy. Yeah. Well, I was going to ask you about Lowry, though, because you mentioned a piece of your boy, Lowry, Mike Lowry. Shane Mike Lowry. Lowry. He, he, you said he has good course history. Do you know his course history here, or is, or is this course history wrong that I'm looking at? I, I thought you did. I could be wrong. I'm seeing miscut, 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 miscut. Maybe you're right about that. I think you are right about that. I yeah. think I'm thinking about so something else. I, it is, though, an interesting piece, not to call you out. I just said, like, that's why I want to bring that up is because so, he just so, played so, really well. Again, he played yeah. good. The week before he brought it in last week. He just could not find a putter. Do you think again on a week when I mentioned it earlier, people are spending so much time on the good course history guys. Is there a chance that people just say, you know what? He played good last week. He still didn't get it done. Even with the price jump, I'm not playing him because his course history is bad. Or do you think people just forget that and say, screw it. I'm playing him. It's Shane Lowry. Well, I will say people don't don't take course history into account as much as they used to. Right. That's so, why know, I asked. Like, yeah. When we were first starting this thing, like, you know, 2016, 2017, like a guy who's made six cuts in a row and had like a couple of top tens was going to be like 20% of. Yeah. That's just the way it was going to be every time. Uh, you know, and, and if a guy missed like three cuts up there uh, and only finished like 32nd and 52, uh, you know, they would lose ownership. That doesn't happen anymore. Right. People are a lot smarter. Like we said about uh, some Jay, he's not going to be 40% again because the field's uh, loaded, but he's definitely going to get ownership at 8,900. That's why I wondered, like, Lowry goes from 10-4 down to 7,900 bucks after a top mm-hmm. five at a course that suits it quite well. Chris Kirk goes from 9,900 down to 7,700 after winning. Like, th- this yeah. is the thing, right? So, uh, I, I don't know. Yeah, yeah Wyndham Clark also makes sense. 7,500 length, uh, you know, decent short game. 
uh, really good long iron play. I, he makes a lot of sense, I think. And if you're going to go away from Tommy, you know, Wyndham might be the way to go. Uh, who do you like in his upper range? I like the Kirk call that you brought up. It's also the the studies that we always talk about that have been done of playing guys the week after a win. Usually when they drop in price is the time it's A-OK. So I definitely like that. Again, I don't think he's going to be unowned, but I don't really care. Like it, it's not, he's, I don't think he's going to be one of the guys that's 20% in this range. There's so many other dudes. Like people are talking about Connors and Bradley. Uh, I've heard Sibu Kim mentions the week before the players, which he's won at before. So uh, a lot of different guys are being brought up right now. Lowry, who you talked about, that's why I brought it up there. But uh, Connors stands out, decent history here. Kirk, really solid history here and coming off the win. Fowler is playing just some good golf right now. Again, we've talked about that already. I know some sharper people out there bet him today at 80. Uh, Keegan Bradley, everything looks good. Again, whoever of these guys gets super popular, I don't think you have to commit to it because they're all similar guys in this spot. Justin Rose will be one that's kind of interesting. It's a really weird history for him, but it's like the last three years, bad. Miscut, withdraw, miscut. Before that, third, 13th, ninth, second. Like- well, that that could be worrisome just because of the course changes. So sure. maybe maybe that maybe that's the reason why he struggled because I mean you know like I said the, getting rid of those shaved getting rid of those that that thick rough around the greens making it shaved that just you know that's going to cause a lot more you know penalty strokes that's just the way it's going to happen balls are going to roll into the sand yeah, he balls missed, are going to roll into the last water. time out I think it had more to do with him just sucking at everything but that could be it too in general that could be it too I'm looking for ways around here like you mentioned if uh, if Lowry and Fleetwood are the most popular and just get steamed all the way up. This is where, like you said, there's just so many pivots in there. You know, Gary Woodland, Taylor Montgomery, Seamus Power. There's guys that you can take chances on in a tournament like this. Again, Weather Wave may decide some factors. I kind of like Lucas Herbert down here at 7,400. He's interesting. Uh, you know, playing some good golf right now. I think he could come through. And then the guy that popped in the stats, I mean, really bad if he gets super popular, but just standing out for me, I'm not sure if you're seeing the same thing, Kenny, is Tom Hoagie. Do you, do you yeah. see some good numbers on him? Yeah, Hoagie's always up there. He's like top 25 in my model. I mean, you know, the, the way he plays, he's going to be up there. I'd rather play Woodland uh, coming off the top 10. He's gained almost 10 strokes with his approaches last week. Now, I don't expect that to happen again, but if you can have that same type of feel and get half that strokes done, I mean, shit, you get four strokes gained on approaches, you can win this fucking event. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Uh, so so give me give me a little bit of Woodland. And he finished top 10 here last year too, I think, or if it- recently. Uh, yeah, yeah, something like that. So... Oh uh, yeah, give me give, give me a little bit of woodland over down here, and then I got to always go back to Aaron Wise just because the talent's there, and you know seventy two hundred dollars is for the possible upside of the guy who I think could be a top twenty five golfer in the world. Uh, you know, especially you know after what he did in college and he struggled a little bit, but it looked like his game is coming back up. I think a win is probably coming from probably not here. Uh, but sometime this year, it's going to happen, and the talent's there. Give me 7,200. Uh, Hoot makes a lot of sense down here. Short game master, knows how to play well in bad conditions. Same with Benny on. You know, maybe his, uh, his short, again, short game is strong, plays bad conditions well, plays tough course as well. There's a lot of plays down here in his lower 7K range. Tampa, who are you playing? Well, one thing that's interesting about it is that I think the top is going to be more popular. Like, if you just look at it as of right now with the – Lowry, the Connors, I'm sure by the end of the week, like Kirk, Fowler, Bradley, Fleetwood, all those guys that we talked about. And then you go down here again, I don't know who will get to the 15 to 20 range. That's where you'd be a little bit concerned, but just playing your guys that you like talked about Herbert Min Woo. He's another guy, 9,400 last week made his first ever PGA tour cut in a regular event. Obviously the, the talk last week was how good he'd been at three of the four majors coming 21st, 26th and 14th ties at those three events besides, I think it was the U S open that he missed the cut, but either way 
man, silky smooth swing. Everything looks good with what he does. He's still playing good. Last week wasn't incredible. Decent Sunday for him, though, to grind it back out. I think he ended up finishing 24th or 26th or something like that. So uh, just to keep that in mind with the 13th, second, third, that's thing that he had going on before. Stats are solid, you know, from what we saw last week. So I like that. And then now you mentioned Wise, but what about the guys that hurt people these last few times out? Like the the Norins, the Harmons, uh, I think Henley, too, all, all these guys. So I don't think this range can be his own. I, I like Moronk from last week. He gets a drop in price. I like Bazudenhout, who, like you talked about, a grinder's course. That That's where he sets up better for. And then even Bo Hostler, what'd you call him, Beefy Bo? He, he, this last two of the last three years here, 20th and 24th, he only played it two of the last three years here, 20th and 24th. He missed the cut last time out, but I think it was pretty close there. And before that, it was 14th, 11th, couple good events there. Stats are okay. So uh, I like Bo down at the oh. bottom as well. I, not oh. much else here in this race. Oh, one guy I forgot, Giuseppe Strock. I know that's not his real name. It should be his name. Giuseppe Straka. I like him. Good finish last week. Uh, once again, after a couple of missed cuts in a row, uh, goes out there, plays pretty well on a difficult course. Uh, give me another difficult course. If he's past that momentum, uh, I'll go back to him at 7K. Uh, no problem. Uh, now, what, what, about, this- uh, what about Ryan Fox? I'm not sure if you saw this today. He posted his schedule. The guy gets like all of a sudden the money schedule. He's playing API players, the match play, all, all the best tournaments. All of a sudden he just wakes up, comes back from the dead type thing. I haven't seen him for a while. Yeah. And he crushed last season during that run. Now he gets to come back to these best tournaments. Do you have any love for, for Ryan Fox, 7,000 straight? Uh, I, I mean, I, I'll take a peek at him. I, uh, wait, you know what? I actually have him marked down already, so I must have already looked at him. It's been a long day at work, uh, I can tell you that. Uh, so so I must already have him down there. I mean, once again, you know, he's got that boom off the stick, off the tee. Uh, so he can get that shit done that way. And, you know, we've seen him play well at different events. And what is he, New Zealand? Uh, he played on the European Tour. He should, I was just seeing what he's win. been up to lately. Yeah, he's world yeah. number 33. So that's where he's getting all, right. all the entries on. But just looking at it, the so his last few events here, and I'll date them, but, to, you know, T17, T11, T20, all on the DP World Tour. The, the furthest of the three was the hero, Dubai Desert Classic, the very end of January. So less than a month ago, he's playing in these events. And, and just to give an idea, so Rory won that event. Lucas Herbert was up there. Thomas Peters, some of those guys. He came in T T twenty. The uh, the one after that, he came in T eleven. Didn't have the best field like Moronk was up there and a couple guys, but not the best field overall. And then the Singapore Classic, the most recent. Just for those that want a little bit of a, a breakdown here, and just nobody at all in that field. He came T seventeen. But either way, he's been playing golf. It's the Minwoo situation of last week, if you will, where you just got to think about it from that perspective. But a hell of a lot cheaper. And a hell of a, you know, a hell yeah. of a lot cheaper. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and you know what he was capable risk. of last season. Like you saw yeah. what he did in some of those other events last year. So interesting nonetheless, but go ahead. All right. 6K, final cash game, Cornerstone. I'm digging deep. Digging deep. I'm going back to this. I, like the last couple of weeks I've lost and I've sort of gone the more balanced approach, avoided the 6K range, not going with like three studs, going with like two studs and a maybe. I think all three of the first Cash kick cornerstones I talked about can win uh, very easily. Uh, Willie Z, Rory, and Sungjae. And my final cash kick cornerstone is going to be Trey Mullinax down here at $6,400. I'm doing the punt play again. Hopefully this gets me back on track. Uh, the thing about Mullinax, he's long off the tee, really good with his longer irons. Uh, top 20 in this field uh, from 200 plus in the last 50 rounds. That's with all these studs uh, out here. Uh, again, he's one of the longest guys on tour. Um, 
give me a little, and you know, not that many birdies for a guy who bombs it away, still top 50 in this field in the last 50 rounds in uh, bogey avoidance. He's also made like six of his last seven, seven of his last eight cuts, getting a lot more um, uh, consistent uh, on tour. So, so give me Mullinax. So my cash game cornerstones this week for Bay Hill. They are going to be Rory at, let me get up there. What's his price? Rory at 10,600. Willie Z at 9,400. Sung JM at 8,900. And Trey Mullinax at 6,400. Leaves you about $14,700 left. To make your other to make the to fill out your cash game lineup, but there's plenty of plays in this 6K range. I mean, the first two off the break are going to be Cole and Pendrith. Uh, you know, those tend to make sense. Cole, I'm a little worried about guys who have that type of disappointment who've never won before. Yeah, you got to have like the strongest mental fortitude to be able to get past that and be playing the next week and play well. Um, you know, we see guys that are like elite level guys do it all the time, but that's not what he is. Uh, so a little bit worried about that. I, I hope I'm wrong because I'm rooting for him. A guy who's been like, who's grinded it out on so many fucking tours. And it's just this fucking close, uh, you know, to, to finally getting his card, securing his dream and just having it like fucking ripped away from you. God, it's got to hurt. Secure so a nice bad. paycheck though. Yeah, I know. Maybe that will make him happy. Uh, and he goes out there and, you know, he collected his million dollars last week and go out here and ball out. But the way, you know, he looked, I don't know. I don't know. I don't they, know. They he said he it. won like $1,200 a few weeks ago at a mini tour event that he won. Now yeah. he goes out and comes <laughs> second in a playoff at the PGA Tour. Again, no, winning I think, it everything, of course, but $915,000? I think like, like all the events he's played on tour, he's won like 698000 yeah, and then he, right. and he won a million almost. He almost won a million. Uh, but so those are the two ones that stick out. We'll see. Um, you know, Pendrith more than likely just because you know I, I like I like his length. Um, off the tee, really really good on par fives. Uh, so and then a good on longer par fours. Like there's five par fours, four fifty to five hundred yards. He's like top ten in the field in uh, par four efficiency from those ranges. So, uh, you know, he makes sense. Justin, I want to do it like Pat. Justin, so I can't do it as good as it would be another one. But I like Justin, uh, another, you know, Korean guy out there. Got a roof for my Korean brethren. You know, he was up there last week, and he's been making cuts again. Like, the way his game, like, no one, it's been hard to notice him. I guess some people last week were on him big time. Uh, He was one of my last people out, of course. Of course, he was one of my last people out. I think I think I rushed 29 golfers, and he was like the 30th. And I was like, I need room for 10% more Christian Bazanehut. And I just, you know, and so I, and I dropped him for that. I was like, oh, fuck. Um, but, you know, it happens. Uh, but, I, you know, I, I like him. The game is strong. He was one of the best amateur players in the world uh, at one point in time. The guy's got skill. Uh, so yeah, I can go back to him. Um, Danny Willett. We're looking at windy conditions, uh, you know, possible windy conditions, tough course. He's had some peak performances uh, in the last, like, I don't know, 10, 10 round, 10 events he's played. He's had a couple of top tens. Uh, so you know that, like, it's still there and it's still possible. Um, Davis Rowley, let me go back to him. Short game, showed me. I mean, he, was, he didn't have the, the best finish last week. He made the cut last week, right? I'm not yes. thinking about somebody else. Yeah. Yeah. He showed when I saw him, he, you know, he looked okay. And of course, his short game normally his strength, though it hasn't been like the best thing he's been doing since he's been on tour. But overall, especially when he was on uh the, the lesser tours, that's what he was known for. Hopefully that comes back. And we got to go to our hardcore guy, our hardcore Canadian brethren, sixty five hundred dollar Mac Hughes. I know he sucked 
here recently, but at that price for a guy who you know can contend at tough courses all the time, I mean, shit, you can get top five for him. And he can also miss the cut by eight. Uh, that's what you're going to get, uh, you know, when you go down this range. But I'll take that upside, no fucking doubt. Tambo. Yeah, uh, I'm going to just play my guys down here that I always do. So, you know, just looking through it. Uh, one note, though, you mentioned like Benny Ann at, at 7K. Don't hate that either. Just looking back at some of the stuff. Last week, disappointing 21st finish, but he's been making all the cuts. He's been playing better golf. He obviously got his card back and grinded to get that win on the Corn Ferry Tour last year and get back into the mix. And now at 7K, I don't mind it. And that's what makes a guy like Cole challenging at 6,900 when you have Taylor Pendrith. And look, he beat these guys last week, but let me use a better example. You brought up Justin Suh. I was going to bring him up too, so I'll do it quicker and in a different way. Justin Suh finally getting a top five after being in the same room, sitting in the fourth chair with Wolf at the time, Hovland and Morikawa, and him being the fourth man, now finding his way up. There has to be a lot of confidence there versus almost the other side of the Cole story is even though he finished second in a playoff and almost won and gets almost a million bucks, like you said, maybe the heartbreak of that, what if I did this one shot that way? What if I didn't click it up past the green, uh, you know, on 18 on the re- in regulation, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. All that could be run through your mind. So I think, you know, a guy like Sue going back to him is no problem. I play JJ Spawn. I play Joel Damon. I play Scott Stallings. Brant, Joey we know D. Joel Bramlett. could play. We know Joel could play hard courses. Just give him a couple of fucking white claws in between. They'll be yeah. fucking good to go. The go Netflix special, uh, Gino, baby. Gino should just keep that shit in the bag and put it in like a water bottle. Yo, crush this real quick and go have him go out there and ball. I mean, I'm not sure. That's, here's the thing. Like, okay, alcohol can be used as like an uh, as a performance enhancing drug. I know this for a fact. Like when I okay, and this is another game. I, I guess it's it's even less of a sport than golf. But when I used to be a pool player, I was top three uh, nine ball player uh, in Blacksburg, Roanoke, and Lynchburg, Virginia. When I was down at, right after I graduated college, I'd go out play you know to the bars every day. So I yeah do something. So I was a golden tee and a and a, and a nine ball master uh, back then, just because I had to do something when I was drunk and I was drunk every day and I was going through the bar every day. So I was like practicing. Every day, and I, you know, and I practice drunk, and so like when I started playing in these leagues and shit like that, I would play like uh, you know, and everyone was super serious in these things, right? Like these were like really good pool players. They come in with their fucking stick and you know, with their with their, over the shoulder. I mean, I had my own stick, okay, but I mean, like you know, they they were all they and they wouldn't drink, uh, you know what I'm saying? They had like different rituals. They, they took it super seriously, and like I would go to this bar, and I've told the story, uh, but we have new listeners, but I'll tell it again. So, you know, I, I go to the bar when it was my turn, right before I'd play, you know, I'd, I'd take like three shots of rumplements and then like look my opponent in the eye, just crush fucking three shots of rumplements real quick, go to the jukebox, play Welcome to the Jungle on repeat five times and go out there. And I would just, after every time I, I made an amazing shot, I'd be like, give me another rumplements. And I'd be like eight rumplements deep in the middle of a match. Which is crazy because it's a hundred proof. I, I don't know what the fuck I was thinking, but that's how I rolled back then. And I would just crush motherfuckers in pool, destroy them. Now I don't know if that's really, really makes too much sense. Uh, getting loaded and doing it, but give Gino go ahead and give Joel a couple of fucking um, a couple of white claws. Just no one's gonna know. Have him go out there. You know he could ball. Fuck it. You know what I'm saying? Uh, and it's not, so that's my little story from back then. People hated playing against me. 
I people would complain against me like every time they played. I was put on probation in the league. People hated it, but it was part of the mind frame too, getting into people's head. And I would whoop all these motherfuckers' asses, and they hated it. It was glorious, all because of alcohol, all because of alcohol. <laughs> Tambo, anything I think, else? I think, I think it would be frowned upon a little bit, but uh, <laughs> you know, maybe you could sneak one at the turn. Yeah, yeah, no, just just having a little squirt bottle down there, crush that shit on on nine, make the cut and go out there and win this event. Go ahead yeah. and get that shit bathroom done. Joel. Break right quick, and he's just crushing yeah. a white claw in the, in the back yeah. bathroom there. But yeah. I know no one really else down here for me too much. One guy, maybe uh, I should be done with this guy to be honest. But it was like he barely he missed the cut, pretty close to the number, made some mistakes down the stretch, maybe two or three strokes he missed it by. But Aaron Rye, sixty four hundred again. The guy can scramble. It just he could not make the three footers last week when he did. He missed two three footers in the last round. And that's what it was. I think he missed the cup by three, but I, in my head, it was like, he missed it by one because how do you miss those three footers? He just does two gloves, all the issues that he's got iron covers, etc. Either way, that's all I really got for this week. Kenny down in this range. All right. Bets. Tamba. I didn't pull mine up yet. So why don't you go? Ahead. I got three. Zal 28. Zal Torres, Cam <laughs> Young, And then Burns 45 is the other guys. Oh, wow. Just the three guys for now. But like you said, we can look at the weather waves. We can wait and see, what ends up happening with, you know, the numbers as they get pushed around because of that, maybe something I just didn't want to go too crazy. And I really don't want to go with long shots here. I'll play these guys in DFS. No problem. That can get me up the board that way, but I don't need to bet on them at hundred to one or so. I just, I don't see it. Yeah. I only got 100 to one. We'll go over that. I got Will's out towards 30 to one uh, this morning, which I thought was a great number. Uh, Spieth at 45 to one. Um, Decky at 60 to one. I mean, those guys, that, that's good numbers right there. Like I just wake up at like 8 a.m. or when I get to work at 8 a.m., I turn on, you know, the, the sports book. Sorry, boss, if you're listening. And I look scope, you know, on Monday morning. That's when you're going to get the best numbers on, on DK and stuff like that. And my final is going to be uh, Gary Woodland at 100 to one. I might try and add one more favorite uh, by the end of the week. We'll see. We'll put it out on Wednesday. Anything else, Tambo? Oh, one and done. One and done. One and Shit, done. I, didn't even, I didn't even think of that. I, was, I mean, I think people will waste Rory here. They've been waiting yeah. for it. Like, this would be the spot. We talked a few events ago where would you use them earlier? That You can use Rory. It's Rory anytime. But I think this is a place feel, people feel very safe to do that. Zalatoris, when are they saving for? He seems healthy. Let's use him now. His back's good. I think those guys become a little bit popular. And then maybe people, I know people have messaged me and said they're pulling the trigger on Scotty. But again, you could save Scotty for match play. So, I, I mean, that's an angle to look at there. Rom, if you still have him left, he's got to be used up now quite a bit. So if you didn't use him, you could try it. It's obviously a, it's a U.S. Open style course. <laughs> Rom is good anyway. I don't think that's the best even thing you need to say about him. It's just Rom, but uh, you can always use Rom. So I don't know. Off the board, I guess you could try like a you know a Hovland, a Sam Burns, some of those guys. But you know Hatton or any anyone like that. But who do you, who are you thinking for this week? I don't know, man. I was thinking Rory, but I think I might go Scheffler I, I, or Zalatoris. I'm going one of those three. I haven't made my decision yet. I, I'm not sure. I think I think I might be fading Scheffler in DFS. So okay. just so you know, hedge life bet. Put him in. Put him in for uh, for the um, for the one and done. I think that's what I might do because I think I want to play Rom up top. But that could change too by Wednesday. We'll have to see. Uh, and you know, if you want to know, you can find me on Twitter. Uh, at Kendo VT, you can find my article every week. Uh, Mondays, course preview, trends, stats to look for. Wednesday, it's going to be um, cash game cornerstones if they change. Um, final betting card, fade of the week, and um, favorite GPP plays. 
on Wednesday over at Gup's Corner. Use promo code Kenny. Uh, save yourself 30% on the membership. Tambo. Find me on Twitter at Totag and Tambo. Put the tidbits out. All the free best stuff from around the industry curated to one place. 10 favorite of the week that I find, guys. And my Eric Cole was in there again last week. I forget who had them, but there were some good picks in there last week. It's free follow, free thing to read on Twitter at Totag and Tambo. And then, of course, rumpiersports.com. Go to rumpiersports.com. Use promo code Tambo15. Gets you 15% off any package of your choice. All sports, one price. You can get it with the optimizer if you want to for the Saber Sim package. All those things that we use for those showdown shows where our guy earlier that won the listening league, True 210, won the round two for 50K. It's a couple times this season we've had that now already. So good to see that. Check those shows out here on this network. Subscribe to the Mammonita Network if you guys haven't already. All right. Another elevated event, another great course. And just remember, alcohol can be a PED. Let's win some motherfucking money. DGen Nation. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.